This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Thank you for joining us, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I began talking, um, uh, talking, teaching, sharing insights and concepts out of the Sermon on the Mount a few months ago. And I must confess, if I get to the Sermon on the Mount, it's very hard for me to decide, is there a space between Matthew chapter 5, 6, and the end of Matthew chapter 7, that I would say, oh, that's the one, that's the piece. I can't, because they are all just remarkable. They're remarkable for the insights that relate to us today in every way, and all of Scripture is that way. But these three chapters, and we are now in the chapter, which was remarkable to me as a teacher, because it was in chapter 6, starting in verse 25, that Jesus himself uses a three-point outline that sounds like this. Point one, be not anxious. Point two, be not anxious. Point three, be not anxious. And so we began talking about that last time we were together, and we're going to finish it today. I ended our time with reading a two-verse piece of poetry that Elizabeth Elliot's father used to speak to her, speak to her, and often enough, of course, that she memorized it, and she began to speak it to me. Actually, she found a small card that had this piece of poetry printed, and she signed it and made a note inside, and I framed it and have it in my study. It's one of my treasures. And the piece of poetry goes like this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Hmm. Quite profound, isn't it? Why is it that I rush about so? What is it that I worry about so? Well, I've been hesitating to mention this the last few weeks, but one of the things I've been very worried about, anxious, fretting, stewing, crying, lamenting. There are so many words that come together. And one of the great gifts about lamenting is that the scripture gives us a place to be reminded that lamenting is okay. It's when we take it to the place, which is what Jesus is talking about here in this passage, that we are anxious about things that have no relevancy, food and clothing. And, and I'm going to read these verses to you as we finish, finish this chapter. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following. Therefore I tell you, do not worry, be not anxious about your life, 
what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, being anxious, a single hour add to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, be not anxious, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what shall we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So, verse 34, do not worry. Be not anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. How is this relevant in the 21st century? (sighs) Amazing, isn't it? Fast food, fast diet, diet food healthy choices, drinking, bottled water. Are any of you old enough to remember that bottled water caused quite a stir? I don't know about you, but I drink bottled water all the time. I can remember standing in front of an audience, homemakers by choice audience, with a bottle turned upright, and I was sucking it rather dramatically, saying, we're not, we're not babies. We don't need to be sucking out of these bottles. So now we're not sucking out of the bottles. We have very elaborate containers and they're iced and they're cold. How is it that we moved from fast food and drinking out of water bottles and clothing, wearing what we shall wear? Well, some of that is because these are basic essentials to our life. You must have food to sustain. You must drink some measure of water, liquid, to sustain. And even in our culture, you've got to cover your body in part. So these are daily, daily engagements. I remember a friend who said she used to get up and agonize every day about what she was going to put on. And one day she said, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to try something to see if it changes my perspective. So on Sunday night... She would take her little calendar and look and see what she had to do every day. And then she went to her closet and she she put on hangers, clothes for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And when she got up in the morning, she just went to her closet and took the hanger for Monday and she put those clothes on. She said it was so dramatically different. She said, I was always anxious about what I put on, how I looked in it, blah, 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 blah. And that seemed to solve it. And I thought, in fact, that's what God is saying to us. He's already solved it because he's going to take care of it, like he takes care of the lilies in the field. Many years ago, I was shocked with a piece of statistic information about advertisement. And that in those days the average person had 3,000 hits of advertisement 
a day. And I remember pausing and thinking, never read, never believe everything you read. How many times have you heard that? That's not possible. And so I did my own little evaluation, and I was stunned at how many places, wherever you're sitting right now, just look and see how many places have a name on it. Is it the water bottle? Is it the food? Is it the Kleenex box? It's a computer. Everywhere around you, and all of those are advertising hits. Now, that piece of information was true, 3,000 hits, 14 years ago. Do you know how much the number is today? Over 10,000 hits. And when you open up your telephone, uh, just open your telephone. I don't know what kind of phone you have, but if you go to your apps and you put, push the button that shows the apps, how many ever apps you have on your phone, every one of those little icons, reduced down now to, on a page of your phone, that's a hit. So are there 45 hits or are there 120 hits? It, 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 it compounds like that. Food, water, clothes. Most of the advertisements that you see on television, on your phone, in magazines, um, at movie theaters, when we used to go to movie theaters, um, they are advertisements for food and clothing and um, drinking. Verse 26 says, The birds of the air... Birds of the air. He's not talking about chickens. He's talking about birds of the air. <clears throat> they don't sow or they reap, but they are taken care of. Birds are not passive. And God ordained that you participate. He ordained that the sweat of your brow would be the work of your hand. In First Thessalonians, he talks about man engaging in the work of his hands. And those who didn't engage in the work of their hands would find it hard to eat. The key word here is your heavenly father. Your heavenly father. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. My father, your father, that lovely piece of poetry I've just read, the giver of life. How do we get life from the heavenly father? Where's my life going? The heavenly father knows. What can and will I take uh, into my life? Am I grateful for the things that the Heavenly Father is giving me and showing me? Now, gratitude is often a great prescription for an anxious heart. But I want to say to you that I believe in the recent culture, we have been thrown books, plans, programs that say, be grateful. Here, 10 steps to being grateful. Start writing out the things you're grateful for. At the end of the day, pause and, and count the things that happened today that you could offer gratefulness for. I, I think that's very important. But I want you to know that gratitude does not come because you participate in a program, because you force yourself to think about. Gratitude is the flow that comes out of you because your heavenly father takes care of you. And because you pause long enough to say, thank you, father, today you provided. He goes on to talk in these passages about height and weight. How any, and, and can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor they spin. Yet I tell you that they are more beautiful than all of Solomon in all of his glory. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more luxuriantly clothe you? We can't add a minute to our life. You can't live longer. You can't live more luxuriantly. You can't live more to our liking unless we are resting and trusting in the Heavenly Father. The intellectual notion, uh, recently I was talking to someone who said very clearly to me, well, I know I'm going to die at 78. I I said, you're 53, how do you know that? No, I just know I'm going to die at 78. And immediately I thought of this passage and I thought, you can't declare when you're going to be born any more than you can declare when you're going to die. And only the Father knows the determination of how many days you will live. And so we we get into this, if I do this, I can do that. And if I this, then I can extend it. How much power do you have that we are trying to extend our lives? Yes, we do. We try to extend our lives by being medically accurate, by eating well, by cloning. I mean, there are a lot of medical things that are reality. It is staggering to me the amount of radiation chemotherapy that is now available to, to help people be healed, cured, um, altered. We have a friend who's in his 70s, and um, it's been six years ago that the doctor said to his wife and my husband and I at the hospital, it's a 50-50 chance he'll be alive in the morning. And, and he still has cancer in his body. And they continue to treat him. He continues to go on with life. And I think he's not anxious. He, he has not demonstrated. His wife and I had a long conversation about she felt anxious because she thought she was going to lose him. But then she watched her husband trusting and obeying. The three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount are inspirational, instructional, and confirmational. This very familiar section, which we have looked at already, the Lord's Prayer, and we will look at the Beatitudes sometime soon, um, they all lead us to these passages that we're reading, that the three main concerns are still the three main concerns, what I drink, what I eat, and what I wear, and God is asking us not to be anxious. Don't be confused in the choices that cause us anxious. Sometimes we think we can avoid anxiousness by declaring, I will not be anxious. I'm not going to let myself be anxious. Again, we're exercising our own control and we're commanding something of ourselves. He wants us to remember that he, the Heavenly Father, is what helps us. So there are a couple of things that I would just mention as we close our time. Confusion and choices cause anxiety. Confusion and choices. The temptation of 10,000 hits a day, all vying for my time and my money. The continual campaign, which is which one do I try and which one should I try. The choices that we are given, and many of you have heard me tell the 84 toilet seat story, went to the Home Depot to buy a white toilet seat and was 
ushered to the aisle with toilet seats and told my told by the man who was helping you to look up and I looked up and because I'm a counter my friend tells me I count everything I looked up there were 84 different toilet seat options and you think I'm making that up well just go and look for yourself there was striped and fluffy and pink and leopard skin and all colors and wood and plastic and oval and round and split can I just see I got there Count the number of choices you make in the bread aisle or the cereal aisle. Choices, confusion, cause anxiousness. Then we have job choices and partners, marriage choices and school choices and church choices and leisure choices. More options, more choices, more decision, the same amount of time with increased choices. The choice you make today may change tomorrow and you'll be able to change your mind. You make more decisions in one year than your grandparents made in their entire lifetime. So have you some ability to control the choices you make, the places you put yourself in? Do you like a certain bread and it's good for you? Then do you go to the grocery store and buy that certain bread, put it in your cart, and away you go. My husband and I have laughed about this through the years when we've been on long road trips. We love long road trips. I don't know if we'll take any more of those, but five or 7,000 miles. And we go into a little market somewhere in some small town, and they have three kinds of loaves of bread. Your choices are limited. You just take one. And you go into the big cities and the big markets. Confusion in abundance. What does something mean? What, what, what's a word that person say, says or a gesture that person gives? And suddenly we wonder what's going on. I will never forget one of my dearest friends and I walking down in, in um, Oregon, small community of Oregon along the river, and we were holding hands, two girls holding hands. And as we were walking together holding hands, someone looked at us. And we knew that they were wondering if we were two women who were engaged in a matrimonial way. And we thought, oh, so many gestures that we make help us or cause us or push us to look different, different choice, different form of confusion. What I say to my child, how many times I say the same thing to my child. In our culture, we have to be careful about spanking. If you are a spanking, mama, you may have to do that in the backseat of your car or in the quietness of a bathroom because spanking is considered in many cities and states a violation um, and you, you can be fined for it. We have had many letters through the years of people who have been fined for um, spanking. Politically correct, what is correct and what isn't correct. Vaccine correct, what is correct and what isn't correct. These, these confusions and choices distort our culture and distort what the Father is telling us about what matters, what really matters. And God's word clearly tells us what is important to him. And that is our relationship to him and like Daniel, we make up our mind and we're not affected by our culture. Good community and connection avoids anxiety.
Did you hear me? Good community and connection. It's been a hard year for community and connection. Thank goodness for Zoom and FaceTime and telephones. But these things never substitute for the kind of community that brothers and sisters have together. Touching and praying and encouraging. Corey Tinboom said that worry, anxiety, empties us of today's strength. Worry, anxiety, empties us of today's strength. And today's strength is what God has given us. So I'm encouraging you today to look at your day each day and recognize that your Heavenly Father has given you all you need to get through this day. Do you live a circumstance-driven life? Or do do you live a conviction-driven life? Do you know that your yes is your yes and your no is your no? Do you recognize that the scripture here is saying to us three times in ten verses, be not anxious, be not anxious, be not anxious. Be not anxious because your heavenly Father cares for you and will provide for you what he knows you need. Does that mean that we don't engage? doesn't mean that we don't engage. It just means that we make it a purposeful way of life to make up your mind like Daniel made up his mind to be intentional. May I encourage you this week to take a few minutes each day, each day, and and look at what drives your life. Look at your credit card receipts and look at your calendar, whether it's on your phone or your computer or hard calendar. You will find that those two places will show you what is driving your life, will show you what you're really anxious about. Are you anxious about the end of the month and making the bills pay? Or are you trusting that your Heavenly Father will take care of you? Are you anxious about what you're going to eat today? The real question would be, is how many times have we made time to fast and wait on the Lord for what He might call us to do? Your Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, He cares for us. He cares for us about every detail. And He asks us very clearly to be not anxious. No worrying. No anxiety. Well, we are modern homemakers, and modern homemakers offers a lot of things. We don't talk about it very often. I often say that our website sings and dances. There's so many free resources on on the website. Um, One-page items that offer you information. We recently did a series on anger, and provided 13 steps of anger management. There are a number of books on the website that we recommend and make available. There are a number of my books on the website. And as we finish this series in the Sermon on the Mount for a space, we're setting it aside. Don't worry, in 2021, we're going to finish all the portions of the Sermon on the Mount. But as we approach Mother's Day and get ready for a change in schooling. I don't know what that really means at your house, 
Some of you have had your children home for a whole year, so it's not like they're coming home from school, but they are going to stop their schooling for a few months. It's going to look different. Are you ready? Have you planned some white board days and months with no plans in them? Are you working outside of the home or in the home and you can't plan too many white days, but you know that your parenting and your mothering is still paramount in the things that you want to accomplish. So we're going to take some days and talk about one of the four subjects that we continue to believe God gives us instruction about that, and that's motherhood. That's motherhood. We're going to talk about the importance of being a mother. Happy Mother's Day to you. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. And I want you to remember that the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of no anxiety.